How did the Wild grade out by position grouping? We head back to school to check out the letter grades today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we grade the Wild by position grouping. We'll talk offense, defense, goaltending, and special teams with Alex Micheletti today to try to uh, just get a little bit of a sense of, of what worked and what didn't. For the Wild here this season. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, joined as always on a Monday edition of the show by Alex Micheletti. Alex, we saw some uh, crazy playoff games here uh, this weekend. We may talk about that at the end of the show today, but letter grades. We're going to go through and just talk about how the Wild did in particular position groupings this year. We'll start with offense. And it was a team that I, I don't think we expected 305 goals again this season. Now, the Wild did score 239, so a 66-goal drop. Um, you had a bunch of players. You had a handful of players who regressed offensively, but some emergences as well. And so just from a letter grade standpoint... If you had to grade out the wild offense, where would you lean? Yeah, I would give it a B. Um, uh, there was, you know, a lot of unexpectedness uh, in, in the scoring. Um, also, some regression, like you mentioned. I think the the big issue, obviously, missing Fiala, but uh, the grief line kind of just disappeared and uh, <laughs> combusted. You know, Greenway did not help that at all. Yeah. And then obviously, got gets. Uh, that gets traded uh, in the end, and then Felino, um, you know, regressing to seven goals from from what twenty three the previous year. So there was some regression, but you know, also some guys that really stepped up. Uh, you know, I was really surprised by Freddie Gaudreau's, uh you know, season. Uh, he, I thought he, I thought he played excellent. You know, and was rewarded for that contract extension. And then obviously we we saw the breakout of Matt Boldy, um, especially when when Kaprizov went down. And so, yeah, they, um, it was kind of a, you know, by committee uh, scoring attack. And so, um, yeah, it was, you know, I was really impressed, you know, by, uh, you know, Ryan Hartman too, at times um, too. He, you know, he, at the end of the, you know, season press conference, he seemed like a guy that is going to come back next season with mm-hmm. the absolute vengeance. And uh, I like, I love that. He's a straight, he's a straight shooter always. And so, yeah, we'll, um, We'll see what comes next season, but uh, yeah, I was I was definitely su- surprised by some of the guys, and uh, you know, you're gonna obviously see some regression without without Fiala. So yeah, but yeah, one hundred percent. And you had last year, uh, the Wild had six players with twenty plus goals. You had Caprizov, Fiala, Zuccarello, Hartman, Eriksson, 
and then Felino, and then you had eight players that scored ten or more goals. And this season, you had five guys that scored over uh, over twenty goals. Nearly had a sixth because Freddie Goudreau ended with nineteen goals. And then you had, I believe it was one, two, three, four, five, six. You had eight players with uh, ten or more goals. So statistically, on kind of on par. But yeah, as you mentioned, you get some substantial regression from Marcus Foligno, uh, Matt Zuccarello tails off as the season goes on. Uh, you you look at Ryan Hartman's goals getting cut in half, and th- there's a lot. There's a lot that goes into that. Kirill ending with 40 goals. I think if he would have played the whole season, he could have gotten close to 50. And you have Matt Boldy who emerges um, as as a guy that uh, that can get you 30 as well. But I think the big I think the big pull from this season is that the offense, by and large, was just so much harder to come by. Uh, we didn't see the dominant possession time numbers that this team had last year where they're f- fighting you with four lines that can just possess the puck and you're scoring all these goals, you're flying around. It was very much a like fight-for-every-goal uh, type mindset from this team. And so me, I'm going to probably – I'll probably go B-minus – with mm-hmm. the uh, with the offense, just because there were stretches where it's like you're you're clawing for even one goal. I mean, they had those few games back to back to back where they got shut out by the Kraken. Then they lost to the Los Angeles Kings. And they had a stretch of like eight games where I think they scored nine goals, and it's it's tricky. Like you got to. Uh, the faceoffs too. That's yeah. <laughs> they cannot not they cannot figure that out. It it, it leads to so much in in the game of hockey. If you can't if you can't win faceoffs, you know. I mean, we saw in the Dallas series, <laughs> Dallas was scoring goals right off the faceoff, and I mean, you can't even you can't defend. You know, it's yeah, just like yeah, it was incredibly tough tough to watch and. You know, hopefully at, at some point in this future, it's just like Minnesota sports. Find a franchise quarterback, find a, a number one center. If you can find a number one center, you know, it solves so many issues. Yeah. What are the what are the core four issues that pop up the most for the core four centers for the wild <laughs> starting pitching for the Minnesota Twins? either offensive linemen or quarterbacks for the Vikings, and then point guards for the Timberwolves. Like, <laughs> yes. those things, always. by and large, are always, that's life's great pursuit. Like, that's the thing that we're chasing all the time. And so, at some point, maybe you uh, you end up finding what you're looking for. But, yeah, by and large. And then the other the other part, too, which we'll, we'll talk about this with special teams, the empty net magic dried up completely this year, and you didn't have that level of excitement that that kind of balanced with the flash that we saw with this offense last year. Uh, that all dried up. It was a team that you got down by a couple of goals, and you're like, 
yeah, this probably isn't happening. Whereas last year, it's like, all right, we'll, we, we're not going to pay attention. We're not going to pay attention until we get down by two. And then that's when the comeback starts. So yes. by and large, it was uh, a drastically different season for the offense. And so I'm going to go B minus. There still were some bright spots, but yep. by and large, it just was, it was a struggle. So we're we're on a similar mindset for that. We will discuss the defense. We're also going to talk goaltending and special teams as well before the show is done today. So all of that on the way as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. That's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we get a treat for you tomorrow. We'll be talking to Wild Ebug Connor Bopri. I, I have so many questions Great, dude. <laughs> about how that process even works. And so that will be coming a little later than we normally post, but we are doing a second episode today as well. Uh, as I start to unveil, we're calling it The Path. Looking at the last five Stanley Cup champions and seeing how they got there. Because there is no blueprint necessarily for how to do it, but uh, there are some similarities. So that's coming later today as well uh, as we continue to pepper you with off-season content here at Lockdown Wild. Let's talk defense now, Alex, as uh, the Wild defense... And I had the rankings. So offensively, the Wild were 22nd, not great, um, in terms of goals per game. Now, goals against per game, and some of this ties into goaltending, which we will talk about. Uh, the Wild were 7th in the league in goals against per game at 2.69. So obviously, with that lack of scoring, you got to make that up somewhere, and the Wild this year defensively and in the net, did a much better job at preventing opponents from scoring. So if you are giving a letter grade for the defense, where would you go? I'll give a B plus. <laughs> I don't know what this team would be without, you know, some of their defenders on this team. You know, Jonas Perdine was an absolute rock star per per usual. And, you know, you know, for the most part, uh, I, I thought the same thing with Jared Spurgeon and, you know, and, and Matt Dumba at, at, at times was, was phenomenal, you know, especially near the end there, um, you know, you know, that probably has a lot to, you know, you know, do with him knowing that this is the end with the wild. So he wanted to, you know, prove to other teams, uh, you know, look at my game tape for you little, know, the cash in a little left in the tank. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So have to give him props and Jake Milton, 
what are the under the radar pickup by Billy Garen <laughs> over the past couple of seasons? Uh, um, he's uh, phenomenal defensively. Uh, the third pairing <laughs> it was an absolute roller coaster. Uh, there was guys thrown in and out of there. Um, it, it always seems to be, uh, we, we always joke the, the Olay defense, um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't find a better top four than, than what the wild have. And then, uh, you know, finding a gem like Brock Faber at the end, there was just, you know, phenomenal. So yeah, just kind of, kind of all over the place, but, uh, you know, if they didn't have some of these guys, it could, it could be a lot, you know, a lot worse. And so, you know, nice, nice to have that that top four that they had this season. Yes, I I am in full agreement there. Um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go B for the defense. Okay. Because the, see, the big thing that that sticks with me was how the season started. Like, yeah. and it's it's funny because it was three games, but I remember <laughs> Colorado game. Uh, I remember after yeah. those three games, just looking around, and I'm like. Did I land in a bizarro like <laughs> universe? What what's happening here? And there were stretches during the season in which this wild team just they dominated defensively. They were giving up under two goals per game for a large part of the se- the season, minus those those first three games. And so, you know, I may be being a little too critical on the defense because as you alluded to like that top four has been so good. Um, and now you throw Brock Faber into the mix who can hopefully help find a little consistency with that third pairing. I talked about it in Friday's show and with the fact that he scored now, I'm going to just say, I miss you, Carson Soucy. I I'm going to forever wonder. <laughs> I'm going to forever wonder what if, the Kraken had picked Capo Kakinen instead of Carson Soucy. Like, how does everything the major else, butterfly effect? Yeah, I might that might have to be a topic for uh, for a future episode. Is the what ifs of the Wild recently? But defensively, it's a team that too was so good at limiting opportunities. This this defense really, I think this year did such a good job of just preventing teams by and large from getting to the net. And so, yes, as we'll talk about in a little bit, the goaltending is a huge part of that. But there is also the factor of not allowing your opponents to get close. And there are exceptions. There are teams that were able to at points. Dallas did a good job of it um, in the postseason. But by and large, through the regular season, this team just did not allow teams to get close to the goalies. And so credit to the defense. Um, Obviously, a great job that they did and needed it because you lose 66 goals. You you have to limit what the other team does scoring-wise or you're in a real bad spot. (laughs) Big time, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unbelievable, right? <laughs> Just yeah, like I like I mentioned earlier in the episode, it was a work, you know, it was a committee effort um, in every aspect, <laughs> and so 
especially in the division that the wild were in to, you know, trying to fight with, with Dallas and Colorado for, you know, for the top spots in the division. It was, it was, it was crazy, you know, uh, but you know, it was an awesome, awesome finish to the regular season. Every, every game there at the end mattered. Um, yeah. And we were watching other teams play. I mean, I remember the Colorado Nashville game. It was the only game on, I think. And everybody was, was watching cause they, uh, that, Nashville had games delayed because they had that pipe burst in, uh, in their, in their arena, which was, which is crazy. And so, yeah, you're, you're watching every face off, every goal, just like who was going to play each other. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a crazy finish. Um, tell you what, I'm going to audible a little bit. We'll yep. talk about the goalies before the break. Cause then we can go special teams. Oh boy. And coaching. Uh, I promise you, we out. are not, Giving the same grade letters for every category. Yeah, no, Just we're wait. we're gonna dip into the pool here a little bit. So defense, let's talk goaltending as well because you had the absolute emergence of Philip Gustafson from out of nowhere. We didn't really know what to expect with Gustafson, and he came in. He was in the top five in pretty much every goalie category, top three even for pretty much every goalie category that exists. You had Marc-Andre Fleury, who had some great moments throughout the season as well. His path was a little more up and down. So, letter grade for the goalies. What do you think? I'm going to give an A-, minus, just based on, you know, Gus takes a lot of that just because um, he was a complete unknown yeah. <laughs> coming in. And, you know, the first couple of games, obviously, you know, <laughs> weren't weren't what we thought uh, was it was worse than we ever imagined. But then from there, I mean, he took off, and uh, you know, the majority of the second half of the season, it was Vesna. He was the best goalie in the league. It yep. was absolutely incredible. And so, uh, the partnership between the two, two, there was no animosity between the two. There was, you know, no fighting, and uh, you know, it just wor- it worked out. You know, Flurry was complimentary of of Gus and. Uh, you know, it was, it was really cool to see he was mentoring him. I mean, you, who, you couldn't ask for a better, you know, person to, to learn the, the, the position from as a, as a pro. And so, yeah, it was really cool to see a guy like that take off and, you know, he's going to get rewarded here in the, in the soft season, but uh, there's no way that there's no way this wild team makes the playoffs without the way Gus played. And so you have to give him, yeah. give him major props. A hundred percent. A minus, I think is the perfect grade to, to give, for that grouping because they stole a lot of games this year. There were a lot of times, a lot of instances in which the wild offense just did not have it. And so they were able to go in and steal games. Gustafson did it against the devils. Flurry had uh, a couple of games. He had one for sure against the crack in which he shut them out. And so you just you look at all these moments in which you needed your goalies to stand on their head, and they delivered. And so, yes, absolutely a sensational season from a goaltending perspective for both uh, Philip Gustafson and Mark Andre Fleury. And it, it really was impressive to see because I think it was probably outside of the offense the biggest question mark mm-hmm. heading into this season. And you know after that. After that 0-3 start, you look about a month, you fast-forward about a month, and the entire discussion shifted from, oh my God, what is going on between the pipes, to 
geez, if we could just get one or two more goals a game to help out these goalies. And that's that's just something that last year the Wild did not have. So it was great to see, and hopefully it continues next year. Yep, exactly. I you know I t- I took a look at one game in particular, that late game against Colorado in Colorado, and it was a game where you know you didn't have to worry about the goal you know goalie coming into the game, and yep. Gus was absolutely phenomenal in that game. It was it was crazy. You could you could feel the intensity in that arena too, and Colorado really needed that game, and they were frustrated uh, by Gus was you know just shutting down everything, and you know you you get that. Uh, a late penalty call on Jared Spurgeon where it was not over the glass and uh, they call it and they have to kill off that penalty. And, you know, they were, Gus was shutting down McKinnon, Rantanen, you know, it was just, it was unbelievable. Uh, Such a fun game to watch. And it's, it's so nice when you can go into a game and knowing you don't have to worry about the goalie. You may have to worry about special teams and, and and are are you going to get enough scoring, but if you have the back end there, yeah, yeah, you're in it till the end for sure. Yeah, and the, the, there was plenty of other things to worry about, <laughs> yeah. uh, let alone how things were going between the pipes. And so we'll finish our grades with special teams and coaching <laughs> as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the added sugar and calories attached? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. That is built. You've got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, then Built Bar can help. They are, for starters, covered in 100% real chocolate. If that's not enough of a hook, They come with unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. All of that while only containing 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Best of all, you no longer need to wait for your online order to arrive at your door. You can stop by your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box today and get your snacking started the moment you get in the car. If you don't have one handy, you can still order at Built.com, but whichever way you choose, make sure that you choose Built Bar today. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wilds. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, once again, we've got a couple of episodes coming for you tomorrow. We'll talk to Connor Beaupre about life as an emergency backup goalie. We're also going to uh, talk to Brett Marshall of Sound the Foghorn for uh, later tomorrow. That'll probably air on Wednesday. we got Judd Zolged lined up for uh, some point later in the week as well. We're reeling in the big fish as we uh, get the offseason cooking. And, of course, we've got Alex McLeddy here on a McLeddy Monday handing out letter grades for the various position groups for the Wild. Let's talk special teams, and here are the rankings. The Wilds' power play finished the season at 15th. Penalty kill finished the season at 10th. Uh, Let's start with the power play. Where are you going here? Oh, man. Uh, It was a C-minus for me. Thank you. It just – it was was awful at points. (laughs) They – I mean – it seemed like they had they had so much 
you know, trouble just getting it into the zone. You know, it's just, you know, I, I, it's so hard. It was so frustrating because to have success in this league, you need to score on your power play. Look at Edmonton. There's a reason why Edmonton is where they are right now is because of their power play success. What you told me off air, 59%, like that's, Mind-boggling, and that's mind-boggling. Not, that's not just for like the first two games of that series against Vegas. That's for the entire postseason, which includes another round already. And they're at fifty-nine percent. Yeah, you you can't win without without your special teams. <laughs> it just it's so hard to score on five on five in this league, and so that's something they have to figure out in this offseason. Uh, new strategies. You know, watch watch Edmonton's power play. You know, just it's so so frustrating because they have guys on this team that can can fire the puck, and they have great set of guys for whatever reason. I have no idea. And you know, I think a guy you know we mentioned earlier is Matt Zuccarello. He has to be better. He has to be better. If you're playing with your best buddy in Kirill Kaprizov, he needs that co-pilot. Um, you know, if he, you know, if he can't figure it out, you know, then you you put Boldy with him. Even though Boldy and Johansson had good chemistry, you know, Kaprill Kirill needs a guy, you know, you know, a really high skilled guy next to him. You know, and so, yeah, it's it's very frustrating when you can't even get it into the zone and get 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 your setup going and. They have, you know, a, you know, big, uh, you know, discussion. You know, are they going to trade Kalen Addison or not? You know, because John Klingberg's not going to be back, so someone's got to be is going to have to run that power play. And so, if you keep Kalen, he's got to be better defensively to to stay in the lineup. You know, we know right. his offensive, you know, on on the special teams, but if you can't play defense, you're not going to be in the lineup for for Dean. Yeah, one hundred percent. The power play struggled with, I think, three main things, and then we'll move on to the penalty kill. It was too top-heavy. You had basically all of your – and I know you're trying to, in this instance, you're trying to maximize, but you had a second unit that was essentially unplayable. um, (laughs) And non-power play guys. Marcus Foligno is not a power play guy. So too top-heavy for one, too passive for another. Like, come on. We're, we're not you're not getting style points for playing catch on the perimeter for 30 seconds and especially it seemed as moments were more critical five on threes in particular yes. they just continued to not press the issue and so way too passive way too predictable too yes. like let's not forget that the notion of a drop pass, while it may be noble in intent, pretty easy to pick up. And when Dallas or any of the other opponents simply stacked the blue line, nothing. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one lower. I'm gonna go with a D okay. um, yes. for the power play. It just it was maddening. It was a unit that I think got a little too, um, a little too confident with early season success, and just kind of 
just kind of destroyed them in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a disaster, and you know that was one end of it. The penalty kill, the penalty kill was regular season wise was actually better, but then it got torched in the postseason. So I think it's got to be a similar grade here. Yes. Same. Um, it was more aggressive, which led to shorthanded goals, shorthanded opportunities. But at the end of the day, you got cooked for a second consecutive postseason with the only thing you really can't be bad at in the playoffs, and that's the penalty kill. And it just was guys out of position, not able to win a face-off, and not able to keep the front of the net clean. Like, it's it's not hard. Yeah, Rupe hints absolutely dominated the wild. I'll, I'll never forget that goal against John Klingberg where he just absolutely undressed them in the, in the clincher game. It was, it was unbelievable. They were in, like we talked about earlier in the episode, they were, they were scoring goals off face-offs and you can't even get your penalty kill set up, you know, but it, you know, the, we can't, we can't forget the losses of, of uh, Mark, you know, Mason Shaw and Joel Erickson. You know, those are two major guys on the penalty kill, uh, but still, yeah, other teams win without guys. You know, it's the playoffs are a battle of attrition. Who, yeah. who, who, who can, who can get to the finish line with, with, the, with, with all, all their injuries stacked up and still, still prevail. It's, it's why the Stanley cup is the hardest uh, trophy to win in sports. <laughs> you got guys out there. I mean, Joel Erickson tried to play with a broken leg. Like, <laughs> I mean, could you, <laughs> could you imagine us like in our regular jobs, just, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to type with a with a broken hand, you know, or just you know, just crazy types of injuries. It's it, it's mind boggling what these guys put their bodies through to try to get to the end. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. It's and it's frustrating too because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got those guys out, but right. you gotta you gotta do something. So it's it, you know, someone someone has to step up, you know. It, yeah. Come on, what are, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, you know, which is so. it gets us to our final one, uh, just to wrap up. Coaching. It was a team. It was a team that won forty six games with substantially fewer goals, but everything ended in basically an identical fashion to what happened last year. And so, factoring that in, lack of adjustments the inability to kind of get to those younger players and and find a way to get them into the lineup where are we going with coaching here man i i have to give it a d it just it was very 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 frustrating the like you like you mentioned the lack of adjustments and then the decision making too in with the goalies in the playoffs I mean, Gus, Gus won them that game one and yep. he was masterful. And then you just, you, like two years in a row, just, you know, switching goalies at, at the worst possible time, you know, and also gamesmanship, you know, Pete DeBoer was just needling uh, Dean Evason with saying, we pre-scout this Minnesota team and they take penalties and he just let it get in his, you know, get in his head. And, you know, he, he he mentioned that uh, Minnesota, we are a team that does not dive, and it just he did not handle it very well, and he just he just let the Dallas coaching staff walk right out right over him. Yep. And 
that's the most most frustrating thing and and no adjustments on the special teams you know that's that's a factor why they've lost two in a row where two years in a row they've had a 2-1 lead in the series and then just let it go <laughs> cue the disney movie yeah uh, just like you <laughs> You just you got to do something. Like the coaches that are down two games to one in the series, making more adjustments than the teams that are in position. They wanted to it more. It. They just yeah. wanted it more. It's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's a D for sure. And I'm going to get into this later in the week with Judd, saving this one for him because Bill Guerin was on K Fan just to wrap <laughs> up today. Bill Guerin was on K Fan and he made the point that um, it's. You know he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to throw a ton of judgment on Dean because he hasn't given him a full deck to work with. And Judd and I'll talk about that um, <laughs> later in the week. So because some stay thoughts. tuned for that. One. Yeah, got some <laughs> thoughts. So there you have it. The grades for all of the position groups for the Wild now. Keep in mind, we will be doing player by player evals too. Just wanted to kind of get this going, get this process started, but uh, we will do player evals uh, here probably starting next week. Uh, so make sure to tune in for that and make sure to tune in for future episodes of Lockdown Wild as well. If you are one of our everydayers who listen every single day, we appreciate having you on and we look forward to uh, you joining us for tomorrow's show. If this is your first time listening to Lockdown Wild, Take a second to subscribe on YouTube or follow on your favorite podcast platforms so that you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the course of the week as well. We have new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.